Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this week's NFL and college football bowl cards. And with that, I'm pleased to announce this will be the first of our two college football bowl extravaganza shows, where this week we'll preview some of the key minor bowl games on this year's bowl card. Next week, we'll preview the major bowl games as well. And Victor, it's bowl season right now, so you know it's the holiday season as well. I know we've been burning the midnight oil, putting our college football bowl stat report together. And in doing that, we've also unearthed a lot of interesting trends inside the college football bowl games. I know you're excited that the bowl games are starting as well. I'm kind of doubly excited uh, compared to where I was last year at this time. I was in no position to do any sort of a podcast uh, after my uh, surgery, Mark. So uh, uh, I'm kind of doubly excited this year with the bowl games. I've, I still think 40 are too many. Uh, it's uh, kind of rough finding 80 teams that are actually bowl worthy. And in fact, there are, what, three losing teams that will be playing in the bowls as well. But it still does not dampen our enthusiasm. I'm getting my ducks in a row in regards to our bowl over-under plays, at least for the first seven days of the bowl season. And, Mark, you know, uh, uh, the over the last 10 days or so, the ACC Coastal Division is kind of taking center stage in regards to some of these new coaching hires. I know down here in South Florida, the entire community is just ecstatic that we were able to to get a Mark Richt that fell into the laps of the Miami Hurricanes after he was fired at Georgia. And that certainly is the most proven coach the U has hired in a long, long time. And not only that, but Virginia Tech very, very skillfully got the guy they wanted as well. You probably want to credit their athletic director, for kind of easing legend in residence Frank Beamer into retirement. And then he kind of managed to outflank several competitors in uh, landing Justin Fuente, who we talked about about a month ago as a great, highly sought coach from the University of Memphis. And not only that, but Virginia, the Cavaliers made a really nice uh, stealth hire, if you will, locking up BYU's Bronco Mendenhall, a guy who's averaged, what, nine wins per year in his 11 seasons at BYU. So if you ask me, since the ACC split into two divisions, this is probably the strongest the Coastal Division has looked in terms of uh, a very, very good coaches since that occurred. Yeah, quite a coaching haul it's been, as you mentioned, for the Coastal Division in the ACC Conference here. Major upgrades will happen. We'll see that beginning next year with these really strong coaching hires on the college football scene. And, Victor, you also mentioned about the fact that there are three losing teams in amongst mm-hmm. 40 teams, or 40 bowl games, I should say, 80 teams that will be participating in the bowl games this year. And makes you scratch your head. There's no doubt about that, having to resort to losing teams. It was way back when in the day, I can remember 
New Year's Day was the day for bowl games. It was like five or four or five feature games, and that was it. Now we've grown and expanded to the point where there's 40 bowl games, and we're including losing teams. It just is befuddling to me, especially when you consider that one of the losing teams, San Jose State, beat New Hampshire for one of their four victories this year, <laughs> one of their five victories. I mean, it's unbelievable how low the depth has gone to try and fill out this college football bowl card. But it's here. We're all excited about it. And as I mentioned, the college football bowl stat report is off the presses, and you can pick up your copy online at playbook.com. It's a 20-page publication loaded with every stat, fact, and piece of information you'll want to have at your disposal this college football bowl season. Download it now, the college football bowl stat report at playbook.com. Let's switch over to the National Football League side of things, Victor, here, and take a look at where we're at in the playoff picture in the NFL. We're coming down to the final stretch. There's no doubt about that with just three weeks remaining in the NFL football season. And, you know, the first thing that jumps out to me is, aside from this big push that Seattle's making and uh, uh, the, whether or not Carolina's going to go undefeated or not, but the thing that uh, makes me, again, scratch my head is looking at the likes of the Dallas Cowboys – who are tied with the worst record in the NFC, yet they find themselves still in the wild card race. That's absolutely amazing to find a program like that that still finds himself mathematically alive in the playoffs. Your take, Victor, on what we can expect going down the stretch in these final three games of the NFL's regular season. Well, that's basically a uh, indicator of how bad the uh, <laughs> NFC East division has played this year when not one of the four teams is in is even a winning team on the season. At this point of the year, you know, one can argue and make a pretty good case that the perhaps the top three teams in the entire NFL all play in the NFC Conference. I'm talking about the undefeated Carolina Panthers, the Arizona Cardinals, and even the Seattle Seahawks playing as hot as they have been as lately. Amazing how their offense has really turned it up a notch after losing tight end Jimmy Graham for the season. I say that because, you know, New England, they seem to lose a key offensive player each week. Wow. They've lost another running back now. LeGarrette Blunt is out for the season for the Patriots as well. We know what happened to the Cincinnati Bengals losing Andy Dalton. You might see him, oh, if they run deep into the playoffs, Denver, despite their 10-3 and record and their fantastic defense, they're still not playing with the quarterback that got them far into the playoffs in the past as well. So, again, I think one can potentially argue that the top three teams in the NFL are all in the NFC Conference. With that said, uh, New England, of course, is the front runner for the number one spot. And it looks like Denver and Cincinnati will be dueling out to determine who gets the number two seed and that all-important first-round bye in the AFC playoffs. One more thing I want to mention in regards to the AFC. I, I, I just got this feeling this year with New England not playing with a full deck. The same goes for Cincinnati. The same potentially goes for Denver. I've got a feeling that we're going to see a Pittsburgh or a New York Jets team run the playoffs in the month of AFC and one of them get to the Super Bowl. That's just a feeling I've had over the last few days, Mark. It's logical, and I wouldn't be surprised, Victor, to see that happen as we see it unfolding right before our eyes with these three top teams out of the AFC all having crucial major injuries that they have to 
uh, bode with. And also, you can also toss in the Indianapolis Colts with Andrew Luck sidelined right. as well. So, you know, there's uh, some really, really key players that are out on the AFC side of things. And I'm sure right now, maybe if we think of it, we'll ask Andy Isco when we check in with our Vegas vibe later in the show what current odds might be uh, with the Super Bowl with the NFC against the AFC. But I have to figure right now we'd find the NFC favored to win the Super Bowl even despite the fact that the New England Patriots look to be the representative coming out of the AFC. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our three college football bowl extravaganza bowls, three key minor bowl games. You'll want to get your pens and pencils ready for this. It's coming right around the corner here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including the Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread in this week's NFL and college football bowl cards. And with that, this is the first of our two scheduled college football bowl extravaganza segments. Victor and I are going to tear down three key minor bowl games on tap for this 2015 bowl season. The first, we'll hop out to Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Bowl for an intriguing matchup. Another holy war battle, if you will, between Utah and BYU. Victor, these two teams know each other quite well. I think this will be one dandy Las Vegas Bowl this year. What's your take on the game? It should be a great start to the bowl season coming up on Saturday. And uh, while I know Vegas is uh, always the place to be, that's uh, particularly the case this week, Mark. You know, I don't know if you watched the uh, Tuesday night Republican debate that was in Las Vegas there. Uh, very entertaining, very informative, very educational. But on the heels of that, we've got the Las Vegas Bowl at Sam Boyd Stadium this coming Saturday afternoon. And you just mentioned these are traditional rivals. They both used to play in the Mountain West Conference. One is now an independent. The other team is in the Pac-12. So we are talking about traditional rivals. 
Uh, Utah leads the all-time series by a 57-34 to 34 margin. And we've got some series history to dissect as well, particularly in terms of uh, the over-under numbers. The last five meetings have gone two overs, three unders, 44.8 average points per score between these two teams when they play each other. For the game itself, BYU anywhere from a two, two and a half, maybe even some threes out there. And the over-under line opened at 54 points. It's dropped a half point as we speak to the current number of 53 and a half. So based on the point spread and the over-under line, the anticipated final score is BYU 28, Utah 25 and a half points. Uh, our simulations from the database run this a, couple, a few times, Mark, and it comes out a little bit lower, more like a oh somewhere in a 24 to 21 range and about 45 points. That's about eight, eight and a half points lower than the over-under line, and uh, we will recommend a play on under the total in the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, if you take a look at this week's totals tip sheet newsletter, we're throwing in a special bonus this week, Mark, in that we're putting out our college bowl over under first impressions for the first seven days of the bowl season. So you may want to check out this week's totals tip sheet to get a few more over under impressions in regards to the bowls in the first seven games of the season. BYU is six and six over under on the year. They've gone two and four over under in their road games, 47.8 points on the road. Utah also a six and six over under team on the season. However, in their road games, they've got a perfect 5-0 and to the over on the season. Individual team trends, Utah against winning teams in their last 27 games against winning teams. They've gone 7-19-1 over under. Some pretty strong numbers when they play winning teams. BYU on the flip side, 1-4 over under in their last five games at neutral sites. 8-20 over under after allowing more than 200 rush yards in their last game. So we see this a little bit lower scoring than people think. Uh, the number currently 53 and a half. We've got it pegged somewhere around 45, 46 points. We think there's some value in the Las Vegas Bowl under the total mark. Victor King likes the under total in the Las Vegas Bowl matchup between Utah and BYU in this Holy War affair kicking off this weekend. Taking a look inside this contest here, these are two bitter rivals, as I mentioned earlier on in the show. Utah has held the upper edge in this series, winning nine of the last 12 games straight up, going eight and four to the point spread. They also won this very same Las Vegas Bowl here last year. And when teams return to the same bowl game, which they're in from the previous year, they simply do not fare well, going 32, 48 and one to the spread when they're favored in a bowl game that they won last year. Taking a look at the BYU side of the contest here, as Victor mentioned, this will be the final game for Bronco Mendenhall as the head coach for the Cougars. An outstanding career, 99 wins in his 11 seasons. That's an average of nine wins a season. And they'll, they'll be playing to win one for the Gipper. There's no question about that here. This is a football team that won nine games this year despite losing star quarterback Taysom Hill and their running back Jamal Williams to injuries for most of the season here. Credit to them. BYU 4-2 and two straight up into the spread the last six bowl games. I think the key factor in this contest is the Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall factor here. It being his last game, I look for them to win one for the Gipper. I like BYU plus the points in the Las Vegas Bowl matchup. 
Let's move on now to the bowl number two in our key minor bowl extravaganza report. We're going to hop over to the holiday bowl, which will kick off Wednesday, December 30th. A big time matchup between Wisconsin and Southern Cal. Victor, we've seen the likes of these two teams in many Rose Bowls in the past. They'll be locking horns in the Holiday Bowl. Your take on this showdown game on Wednesday, December 30th. Should definitely be a fun game, Mark. We've got the USC Trojans against the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. And, you know, USC at the beginning of the season was a team expected to compete for the college football playoff. They ended up, what, 8-5. and five. They had an in-season coaching change, uh, putting it all behind them. They'll be taking on the Badgers in the Holiday Bowl. Uh, Wisconsin, a team that could have made some serious noise early on in the year by knocking off Alabama Instead, they uh, uh, dropped that game. They never really received a lot of uh, buzz after that. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was a fairly weak schedule for them as well. Uh, but in terms of schedules, the Trojans were the one who had the brutal schedule this season, Mark, uh, which is a big reason why they lost, what, five games on the season. The biggest wins on the season for USC, probably uh, Utah, when Utah was, of course, ranked number three in the country and undefeated. UCLA was a big win for the Trojans as well. Wisconsin's biggest win of the season, probably their win against the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers. But again, they didn't really have a heck of a lot of notable wins. They managed to dodge the Big Ten powerhouses, the Michigans, the Michigan States, the Ohio States. Of course, they did take on Alabama early, as I mentioned, Iowa and Northwestern, but they lost all three of those contests. The over-under line for the Holiday Bowl on Wednesday, December 30th, opened at 51.5. It's come down a full point to the current number of 50.5. Wisconsin comes in 5-7 and seven over-under on the season. USC 7-6 and over-under on the season. We're going to lean ever so slightly at this point to the game going over the total mark. I like the fact that Wisconsin is a perfect 4-0-1 to the over. Their last five games on neutral sites. They're a 5-1 team to the over in their last six games in the month of December. Uh, USC, uh, a good bowl team in regards to over. 6-2-1 over under for USC in their last nine bowl games. I'm assuming Cody Kessler is going to want to go out uh, on top with a big game offensively. USC also 8-2-1, their last 11 games on neutral sites. And finally, 6-1-1 to the over in their last eight non-conference games. At this point, we're going to be leaning over Alamo Bowl, oh, excuse me, Holiday Bowl over the total mark, Wisconsin versus USC. Victor Keene leans over the total in the Holiday Bowl showdown between the Trojans and the Badgers, which will kick off Wednesday, December 30th. Looking inside this contest with notes coming from our Playbook College Football Bowl Stat Report, who's sponsoring this segment. I want to remind our listeners out there, you can download your copy of the College Football Bowl Stat Report online at playbook.com. It'll be the most useful and profitable tool you'll put the work for you this college football bowl season. From the Bowl Stat Report, we learn that Wisconsin owns the best scoring defense in the nation, allowing just 13.1 
points per game. The second best team in pass defense efficiency are the Badgers. They'll be making their 14th consecutive bowl appearance in a row. That's the longest inside the Big Ten Conference. Take a look at the Southern Cal side of this football game. This is another case of a team being in the same bowl that they won last year. Same as Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl. Southern Cal was in the Holiday Bowl last year. They won the game, and you get the same Disappointing numbers for the Trojans that way, coming back to the very same bowl contest here. You also look at this Trojan football team. Victor hit on it earlier when he opened up this segment here. This football team has suffered 23 losses in the last four years. You think about that. That's that's an average of more than five losses a season for a major marquee football program here. They're lucky to be in the Holiday Bowl, are the Trojans here, because they do recruit well, but because of all the turmoil that's happened with this football program, it's really been an unsteady course for the Trojans here. I'll play Wisconsin plus the points in this contest here. I love the fact that those teams that go back to the same bowl that they won last year, when they take on an when they're allowing, I should say, more than 19 points a game, they're just 3-11 and 11 to the spread. That's all of the college football bowl stat report. Put me down for Wisconsin plus the points in the Holiday Bowl for my side in this contest. We'll wrap up the college football bowl extravaganza as we hop out to the Alamo Bowl, which will kick off Saturday, January 2nd. Another premier matchup, if you will. I think one of the most appealing minor bowl games takes place in the Alamo Bowl when TCU takes on Oregon. Victor, do we need to keep the batteries on the scoreboard in this contest here? Or do you think this game might be too high and go under the total? What's your take on the contest? Boy, we uh, definitely potentially can. And uh, in terms of the over-under, it's got me as one of the most uh, conflicted bowls of the 40 as well. This is the highest bowl over-under line by far of the season, season 78 and a half points indoors at the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, TCU, and Oregon. The only other two bowl games that have uh, over-under lines in the 70s are uh, the Citrus Bowl, in which Baylor's playing North Carolina, the over-under line in the low 70s, and in the uh, Texas Bowl with LSU playing Texas Tech in the over-under line, somewhere in the neighborhood of 73 and a half. Uh, Conflicting, I mentioned that, and... uh, Number one, you know, you're you're paying a tax uh, these days if you want to go over the total in an Oregon football game, whether it's in a regular season or whether it's a bowl game. You're paying a tax of anywhere from, what, three to six points to go over the total. Uh, the same goes for a lot of Big 12 games. You're paying a little bit of a three to five point tax to play those games over the total as well. And that's what we've got. We've got an Oregon Ducks team against a Pac-12 TCU team. Uh, I mentioned the fact that I'm conflicted. Well, I'm conflicted because uh, did you know that TCU in their last nine bowl games, there's been zero overs, eight unders, and one tie. They're on a one and six over under run in their last six games. They've gone 2-8-1 in their last 11 games at neutral sites. And on the flip side, you got an Oregon team that's 1-5 over-under in their last six bowl games and a team that's gone 1-5 against the the Big 12 Conference. So, yeah, I'm a little conflicted at this point. You know, both of these teams have been putting up such such gaudy numbers this year, not just because they're good offensively, but because both have slipped on the defensive side This season, TCU is allowing 26.1 points per game. That's more than a touchdown than they allowed last year. 
Oregon is allowing 36.7 points per game on defense. That's almost two touchdowns more than they were last year. So, yes, I am conflicted at this point. And right now I'm going to pass, Mark. We've got a couple of weeks to still handicap the game, and uh, this might not be the college football playoff, which both teams were expected to compete in entering the season. But it still could be the best bowl game of the year, after all. If both offenses live up to the hype, this contest is going to provide plenty of fireworks via a high-scoring affair. Can they get to the 80s? That is a a story that I can't give the answer to right now. So right now, we're going to pass on the over-under. Victor's going to pass on the over-under here, examine the football game, and see where this total settles at. Right now, it's 78.5. And, Victor, if I had to take a vote, I'd vote yes. It will reach 80 in this contest here simply because of the names of the two opponents. The public public really loves Oregon over and well-lit games with TCU as well. You're talking about a TCU football team that won 10 games this year despite a rash of injuries. This team was really, really riddled with injuries this football season here. They lost their star Heisman hopeful quarterback, Tyrone Boykin, for most of the football season. He'll be back for this bowl game, which is good news for TCU. And TCU head coach Gary Patterson has made this statement here. He's preaching this is a resume game for the Horn Frogs, much like last year when they were in the Peach Bowl and they pounded out a 42-3 victory over Mississippi. He's taking the same approach in this bowl game. He's got 30 freshmen that dot the roster at TCU, and he believes that what they see and what they learn will carry over to begin the football season here. He's really, really focused on this football contest. You take a look on the other side. Oregon is a football team that started out dismally at three and three on the football season here, but rallied to close out with six consecutive wins in a row. The major part of that rally was the health of quarterback Vernon Adams, who leads the nation in pass efficiency this football season here. The concern for me about the Oregon Ducks is a defense that has allowed season-high yards to four opponents this year. That being the case, I like the resume factor for TCU. I don't like the defense for Oregon. I'll back the Horned Frogs in this contest for my side in the Alamo Bowl game on Saturday, January 2nd. Don't you go away. This is Victor King and I on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. When we come back, we're going to hop into our National Football League Game of the Week. We'll also jump out to Las Vegas and check in for the Vegas Vibe with Andy Isco from The Logical Approach to see what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game along with Victor King's NFL over-under trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. 
MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this weekend's college football bowl and NFL games. It's time for our NFL Game of the Week segment. We've got a beauty on tap in the AFC conference this weekend when the Denver Broncos travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers in what could potentially be a playoff showdown football game. Victor, your take on the Broncos and Steelers this Sunday. Well, first off, we can't ignore that the uh, Steelers are a fantastic team in this month of December. According to the database, I've got 9-0 and against the spread when winning their nine consecutive December games. However, they've lost five of the past seven home meetings against the Broncos. You know, the Denver defense has basically carried the team all season long. The over-under line for this game opened at 45. It's come down a half point. To the current number of 44 and a half, Denver with that good defense, 4-8 and 1 over under on the season. 38.9 is the average score in uh, Denver games this season. Quite a difference from last year and, of course, the year before that when they were regularly scoring, heck, about 38 points per game on their own on offense. On the flip side, you got the Steelers. Despite this uh, gaudy offensive numbers and what they've been doing lately, Pittsburgh has, what, put up 30 points now in that uh, five games in a row. They've still gone five and eight over under on the season. That is the Steelers. In the last four regular season meetings between these two teams, the over has gone three and one. Average line, 40.4. Average score, 49.5. Uh, again, the Steelers, yes, while they do feature one of the more potent offenses, uh, Roethlisberger is not quite the same effective player when he's pressured and uh, running for his life. And this is by far going to be the toughest defense that Pittsburgh has faced this season. The Broncos, of course, lead the NFL in sacks. And they themselves saw firsthand how that can impact the game in last week's 15-12 to 12 loss to the Oakland Raiders Quarterback Brock Osweiler was sacked five times in that game. And uh, don't be deceived by that shocking home loss of 15 to 12 last week. Statistically, Denver actually should have manhandled the Raiders. They out yarded them almost by a three to one margin. Oakland only had 127 total yards in that win over Denver last week, while Denver had their customary uh, 300 plus yards in the game. So that uh, score was not an indicator of the statistics in that particular game. Now, uh, from a motivation standpoint, that always seems to kind of fuel Pittsburgh late in the year, which is why the team has performed so well in the final month of the season. I mentioned the fact that 
Pittsburgh has scored, what, 30 points or more in five straight games. Uh, with that said, one would anticipate an over-under line somewhere around 49, maybe 50, maybe even more points for an offense that's been clicking like that with great regularity over the last five games. But that's not the case this week. And uh, from the database, here's what I got. NFL teams who have scored 30 or more points in their last five games have gone a perfect 0-5 over-under in the last four seasons when the over-under line is 52 or less points. That does apply to the Steelers in this game. And, of course, uh, as I just mentioned, Denver lost, what, 15-12 to last week. Uh, the game went under the total against the Oakland Raiders as well. This has gone one and seven from our database over the last five seasons. Non-division road teams off a division home loss that went under the total in a game in which they were favored by six or more. That was the case for Denver last week. So with that said, Mark, uh, despite the fact that the series itself has been pretty high scoring, that's when both teams were playing with a full deck on offense. We're going to lean under as Denver plays Pittsburgh, and it looks like the line is going in that direction. So if you're going to join us in this play, you're going to want to get it in as soon as possible. Under 44.5, Denver against Pittsburgh. Victor's side in the Steelers-Broncos game is under the total. He's relying, like the Denver Broncos do, on their Denver defense. This is a defense that is ranked number one in the National Football League, 36 yards a game better than number two-ranked Carolina. Head and shoulders, the best defense in the NFL, the Denver Broncos. In fact, they've held four opponents to season-low yards thus far this football season. They enter into this contest off a stunning home loss last week to the Oakland Raiders, a game in which they held Oakland to a season-low 176 yards, but somehow managed to lose the football game as their offense is sputtering. They can't get out of their way right now. Under quarterback Brock Osweiler in his four starts, this team has scored 17 or less points in three of those four starts. The Broncos have dominated the Steelers in the past in the series, having cashed four of the last five football games. The question here for Pittsburgh is, is there a letdown after the big Cincinnati win? My answer to that is no, there isn't. They play Cincinnati almost annually in December here, and they always kick it up in the month of December as well. Here's a football team in Dent or in Pittsburgh here, also playing their last home game of the season. They're 7-0 the last seven years straight up, 6-0-1 to the spread, so they close out in real strong fashion here. They have the same identical record at 8-5 this year that they had last year, and at this position, they were just outside looking in on the playoff picture. They're the same role again this year. It's deja vu all over again for the Pittsburgh Steelers this football season here. And my final closing note here is a note that Victor stole a little bit of my luster is the fact that Ben Roethlisberger shines in the month of December. 9-0 and straight up into the spread his last nine games in December with this team fighting for a playoff spot and Denver locked into a playoff spot. I'll stay at home with the Pittsburgh Steelers on my side in this crucial AFC showdown football game on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas, joining with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com to find out exactly what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend. Andy, how's everything going for you during the holidays? Everything is going well, including the unseasonably cold temperatures that we're dealing with, but that keeps us inside to do even more handicapping as we enter the home stretch of the NFL season. 
Uh, hi, Las Vegas gets a little bit chilly in the month of December. I've been out there before. In fact, I remember going out there one time, Andy, and headed from Florida and didn't even take a jacket with me. I just took a sweater at best. And it was <laughs> big, big mistake. I had to go buy a jacket when I was in Las Vegas. I know it can get a little bit chilly, like you say, in December in the state or the city of Las Vegas. Andy, we see quite a bit going on right now in the National Football League coming down the stretch. And Victor and I were talking about this earlier on in the show about how the three leading teams, I should say Super Bowl hopefuls, are all residing in the NFC these days, that being Carolina, Arizona, the Seattle Seahawks with Green Bay right behind them. Is there a number out in Vegas right now for a Super Bowl proposition of which conference is favored over the other conference for this year's Super Bowl 50 matchup? We've seen uh, the line over the last uh, few weeks, I guess you could say, uh, pretty much have the AFC actually a, a two-point favorite over the uh, over the NFC, although I'm trying to find that right now. So you, you sort of caught me a little bit off guard here, I but, I know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to try and be quick on my feet if I can find the, uh, the sheet that does have that prop up. I believe the over-under total in that game uh, is currently right around 50 or 50 and a half. So it looks like they're favoring the AFC with New England leading the pack being the major reason why. But I'd be curious. I, I wonder if I've not seen ahead, the updated odds after this past weekend yet. Uh, but keep in mind that for much of the season, you had Cincinnati, Denver, and New England all amongst the top teams that were unbeaten deep into the season in the AFC. And that is why the AFC had been favored. Correct. And I totally uh, understand exactly why they made them favored. But uh, right now, as we're speaking today, all three of those football teams are injured right now at the key critical quarterback position. They're not so much a quarterback position, Cincinnati and Denver, but New England suffering injury after injury week after week. And I'm sure between now and the end of the, uh, the season here, the final week of the NFL season, I'll check back with you, Andy. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if that doesn't revert to the other side, the NFC, especially with Seattle making this big run. But we'll keep a pulse on that to see exactly how that all fares out. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. If you're not familiar with Andy, I suggest you go onto the website, download a copy of his excellent weekly football newsletter at TheLogicalApproach.com. And as we do every week on the show, Andy, a quick check-in to find out the Superbook contest status here. I know we're getting down to the final three weeks of the contest as we go in. What happened last week? I know the leader begins to pull away a little bit. Did he do the same last week? Yeah, we're actually starting to see even more separation between, uh, let's say, the, uh, the the groups tied for 50th, which is the final uh, paying position, and the leaders. That gap is now seven and a half points. The leader who went four and one last week is at 49. 18 and 3. That's a total of 50 and a half points or 72.1% of the possible 70 points that uh, could be uh, had at this stage of the season with just three weeks and 15 selections remaining. That uh, leader is now two and a half points ahead of the second place uh, entry that has 48 points. A point and a half further back are two contestants and then rounding out the top five, there are seven tied for fifth at 46, which is still uh, four and a half points behind the leader. So uh, 
even if they were in fifth, the fifth place team, but they were to go five and zero, oh, and the leader would go zero oh and five, they'd have about a half point lead. So we're starting to see some separation, and that seventy-two percent point, seventy-two point one percentage is very, very solid. Not going to be quite as good as last year uh, at the end of the contest, but still extremely well. And then in the top fifty, in order to be cashing right now, uh, the that record has forty-three points, as I indicated. That's sixty point six percent. So basically, if you had gone three and two each and every week for the first fourteen weeks of the contest you'd be one point behind catching cashing in the money sounds like a great job by the entrance in the superbook contest this year especially amongst the leaders we'll keep a pulse on that to see exactly how it fares out and how did the consensus make out last week andy i know it's been on a little bit of a downward spiral if you will as we get closer to the finish line did the consensus hold up any at all last week yeah, the consensus had a very nice uh, three and two week. Interestingly enough, all five of the consensus plays were on favorites. The winners, Monday night on the Giants. On Sunday, the Seattle Seahawks and the New England Patriots were the winners. The losing selections were on the Detroit Lions. That was one of the big money-moving games of the week where the Rams had opened one-point favorites. The Lions went off as three-point favorites. The contest line was Pickham, and that is often a reason why we see heavy play on the favorite uh, uh, team with the value there. Uh, same thing was with Seattle and Baltimore. I'll mention that in a moment. And the other team that came up short in the consensus was the Buffalo Bills. The Seattle uh, Baltimore game, of course, was interesting because of the quarterback situation regarding the Baltimore Ravens. When the contest lines came out on Wednesday, the status was unknown. It was expected that Matt Schaub uh, would be the starter and Seattle was a six-and-a-half point contest favorite. Of course, as we saw, that game went off in small double digits and as a result, we had more than half of the field, nine 162 of the 1,727 contestants on the Seattle Seahawks minus the six and a half, an easy winner. Only 55 contestants out of the 1,727. Clearly the lowest number of uh, uh, contestants on any team this uh, past week were on the Baltimore Ravens. Andy, I would guess that of the 55 contestants that were on the Baltimore Ravens, that uh, their logic being that uh, if they're trailing the leaders, the only way that they can uh, work their way back up into the money is on a double reversal in one football game and looking for Baltimore to win the game would be like a double win. Would that be correct, my assumption? You know, it's an interesting concept, and I used to think that same way, too. And then I, I came to the realization that, you know what you do? You don't have to necessarily play the opposite side of that game because the public could be right, as they were in this case. But where you make up ground is you just find another winning team. It doesn't have to be the team that everybody's going against because if you happen to pick some other team that wins and everybody else loses on a game that's heavily favored on one side, you're going to make up that one game that you need to make. But as far as that is concerned, in general, that was exactly the theory uh, that a lot of people had. That's contest strategy. Uh, late in contest, when you need to make up ground, a lot of people will take what they believe to be a strongly unfavorable position in order that, to catch up if they are right. Of course, if they're wrong, they've just uh, given up that one game uh, that they thought they were going to make up. Just getting back to the consensus for a moment, because I did want to update the season-to-date totals for 14 weeks. The consensus is now 38 winners, 30 losses, and two pushes. That's 39 out of a possible 70 points. That's 55.7%. So still a winning percentage, and we've now had back-to-back three and two weeks for the consensus. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. And, Victor, I know you got a question you want to ask Andy. Before I get there, though, I want to ask him about the line moves that Jay Cornegay sent out for this week's particular contest. Any major moves? I know there were stunning moves last week, uh, a lot of those based on what happened after Jay sent those numbers out. Any moves that you see possibly happening this week? 
Quite a number. By the way, let me just go back, and I did check. The AFC is still a two-point favorite, or at least prior to last weekend, a two-point favorite with a total of 51. Uh, I'll get the updated uh, number on that later today. Uh, As far as the line moves, there are actually eight games that showed interesting or significant line moves. Perhaps the most interesting one was the game on uh, Thursday night that uh, was played between the Bucks and the St. Louis Rams as Tampa Bay uh, opened a two-point favorite. Interestingly enough, the line last week was St. Louis, a one-point home favorite, and that's where that line ended up moving very quickly. So the public disagreed with the adjustment and went back to making St. Louis a one-point favorite uh, not uh, too long after that initial line was posted on Sunday. As far as other games, Atlanta had been expected to be a one-point road favorite at Jacksonville when that line came out on Sunday afternoon, the Jaguars following their impressive 51-16 win over Indianapolis and Atlanta's 38-0 loss at Carolina. Jacksonville, a three-and-a-half point favorite, so a significant adjustment there. Kansas City struggling against San Diego was last week a five-point road favorite. And Baltimore, even though they lost ugly to Seattle, uh, that line still showed a significant increase for Kansas City from five up to seven-and-a-half. Buffalo had opened a one-and-a-half, was expected to be a one-and-a-half point favorite at Washington. The line came out, Washington won. Public quickly moved that back up to Buffalo one and a half. And maybe the New England Patriots showed a significant line movement as well, uh, related to both the performance of both teams. Tennessee looking very lethargic in a 30-8 loss to uh, the uh, New York Jets. Uh, Last week New England was projected a 10-point home favorite when the line came out Sunday evening. It was up to 12.5. It came out at 12.5. Then New England uh, had that big win at Houston Sunday night, so when they reposted the line Monday morning, it it came back up at 13 and a half and immediately got back up up to 14 and even as high as 14 and a half. Other notes very quickly, Carolina, three and a half last week after the weekend's action. They opened at five, up to five and a half after the Giants uh, win on Monday night. The Oakland Raiders, Green Bay Packers, Green Bay expected to be a four-point favorite on the road. Uh, they ended up opening two and a half and they were bet up to three, so still below the original number that was expected a week ago. Miami at Sandy Diego. That game was initially a pick. San Diego opened a one and a half up to a two-point home favorite following Monday night's game against the Giants. And then on Monday night, this coming Monday night, Detroit at New Orleans, the Saints were one and a half point home favorites following their upset win at Tampa Bay and Detroit's upset loss at St. Louis. The line came out with the Saints a two and a half point favorite, quickly bet up to Saints minus three. A lot of movement this week in the National Football League is being reported by Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Victor, I know you wanted to run a, run a question by Andy on the show as well. Yes, yeah, since we're uh, certainly on the topic of the NFL games, I wanted to get Andy's impressions in regards to the over-under results over the weekend. Generally, it's a good Sunday for the books, of course, when there are more underdogs than favorites bringing home the bacon. And I wonder if that's the case in regards to over-unders as well. You know, this was the lowest scoring week of the season in the NFL. This uh, week, 14, 75% of the games went under the total. There were, what, four overs. There were 12 unders. The average line was around 45. The average point scored was around 40. There hasn't been much of an adjustment this week. The average line is still somewhere around 45 points. So my question to Andy is I know that uh, in terms of over-under, the limits are a little lower. The maximums are a little lower for people betting over-unders. But is it a good weekend in Vegas for the sportsbook specifically when you have so many games going under rather than over? 
It generally is, but not nearly to the extent that it's a good weekend when underdogs perform well and knock out a lot of those favorites as far as parlays and teasers are concerned. We did have four overs and 12 unders uh, this past weekend. As you mentioned, for the year, I'm showing 98 overs, 107 unders, and three pushes using the closing lines at the uh, Westgate Sportsbook. And what we normally see is, uh, as I'm sure you've known for many years, the public loves to play over and the favorites and usually parlay them together, especially in the primetime games. Uh, for example, the Sunday night game between New England and Houston was an example uh, where the final result was New England and the under. So the books did well for the people who did a two-prop parlay of Patriots and over on that isolated Sunday uh, night game. We've seen that throughout uh, the, uh, the, the last few years. The public is getting a lot sharper as far as playing underdogs as far as side plays go, but they still seem to be much more in love with overs. They find it hard to, uh, to bet the, the unders because in that situation they're looking for something not to happen. The public is more accustomed to rooting for something to happen, which is why overs remain popular. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. A lot of great handicapping advice. And with that, Andy, I know you're off to handicapping the college football bowl games this weekend. Your complimentary play on the football show, if you would, before we go. I'm going to actually go to the NFL. I'm going to use a total this week, and it's a total that's on a number that I'd like to see it go up a little bit, but I'm afraid it's going to go down. Uh, so you're going to be playing under a game uh, below the key number of 41, and that's the game between Cincinnati and San Francisco. The current total is 40.5, though I am seeing some 40s start to pop up. You've got a game between essentially two backup quarterbacks. Blaine Gabbert started the season as the backup to Colin Kaepernick, and of course Andy Dalton was the starter injured last week, and now A.J. McCarron, the former Alabama quarterback, will get his first start uh, after coming in relief last week. Neither team has been especially strong on offense uh, in, in this situation. Of course, we don't have much to work with with Cincinnati, uh, but we do have with San Francisco. San Francisco has not scored more than 20 points in regulation in any of its last seven football games. In fact, in the last seven games, they only topped 17 points once, and that was in the 26-20 overtime win at Chicago. The, the 49ers have played well defensively at home, not so much on the road. Cincinnati's been a very strong defensive team really all season, and if you go back over their last seven games, in five of the seven games they've held the opposing team to ten points or less. The two exceptions were when they faced high-powered Arizona a month ago, and of course last week uh, the high-powered Pittsburgh offense. So you're looking at two relatively inexperienced quarterbacks, one going up against a solid defensive team, and that's the matchup of the San Francisco offense against the Cincinnati defense. The other going up, the other featuring a matchup of an inexperienced quarterback going up against a defense that has played significantly better at home. That's the Cincinnati offense against the San Francisco defense. I'll look for this game to stay under the total of 40 and a half. And he looks for a snoozer in the Bengals 49ers game on Sunday as he goes under the total for his matchup for his complimentary play in that game on the show this week. Andy, a great job once again on the show this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck in your handicapping endeavors this week, and we'll look forward to visiting with you again next week here on the show. Gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend and a happy start to the holiday season. Thanks, Andy. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com as we got the Vegas vibe just in time for the football games this weekend. Don't go away when we come back. Victor and I will put the final wraps on this week's show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week. Victor and I are complimentary plays as well when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome, awesome Angle of the Week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our Awesome Angle of the Week, and it's a college football awesome angle. We call it Military Matters. And what we want to do is to play on any military team in a bowl game if they average 300 or more rushing yards per game on the season. Simply put, these military teams dominate time of possession, and when they play in bowl games, they're an outstanding 17-4 and four to the spread in this particular role. That's an 81% winning proposition. We'll be playing on the Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl and Navy in the Military Bowl for our Military Matters Awesome Angle of the Week on the show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King to get his complimentary play on the football show this week. And Victor, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Krill Sports this weekend. Absolutely, Mark. We're going to have three uh, college football bowl over-under plays for the first day of the bowls. That's going to be Saturday on the 19th. We'll have our plays out, oh, sometime on Friday. There'll be five bowl games to choose from. Uh, three over-unders in those bowl games. Our bowl over-unders went 6-2 and two last season. Also want to point out that, you know, this is our busiest week of the season in regards to newsletters slash annuals. We've got four, count them, four newsletters this week alone. Of course, our normal playbook newsletter, the midweek alert newsletter, the totals tip sheet, and as Mark mentioned at the top of the show, the publication that we're really proud of, and of course that's the uh, Bowl Stat Report, the 2015 Bowl Stat Report. Everything's going to be available at playbook.com or, of course, the uh, newsletter Superstore, which is now open, the www.playbooksuperstore.com as well. Uh, of course, we're, we're, we're proud of all the work behind all those. And on a side note, the Bowl Stat Report did very, very well last season. It's a must-have for all the people who's going to be, 
we're going to be doing some bowling this season. You know, Andy mentioned the Cincinnati-San Francisco game under the total in his segment to add a little fuel to his fire, and I'm with him on that play. I think it's a, a solid play as well. The 49ers have averaged only 29.3 combined points in their six home games this season, Mark. They've gone one and five over under. Uh, really low scoring numbers when the 49ers are playing the role of hosts. And not only that, but that's one of those AFC NFC games that have gone under the total at such a high percentage this season. Two years ago, it was all about the overs in those AFC NFC non-conference games. This year, it's gone completely in the other direction after going one and three over under last week. Those uh, non-conference games have gone 18, 36, and 2 on the season. 67% of all those games have gone under the total. And that's going to be our free play for today as well. We're going to give Speedy the ball, and he can run with it. He's gone 2-0 in the last two weeks with his unders of the week. And he's going to be doing it again as he goes under the total in the Atlanta-Jacksonville game. And, of course, uh, he's going to be climbing aboard an Atlanta Falcons team that not only is the number two under team in the NFL this season, but the Falcons have gone under the total in nine consecutive games in a row with an average margin of minus 8.6 points per game. They did it last week when they got shut out by Carolina, and they're going to do it again this week, especially given the fact that the over-under line in this game has gone up, not down, but up. It opened at 47 it immediately jumped up to two points to the current number of 49. And, man, me and Speedy, we absolutely love the value on this game under the total. We think the line's anywhere from five to six points off. And, of course, the over-under squares are getting suckered into the fact that uh, the Jaguars scored 51 points last week and 39 points the week before that, but not us. That's because the database says non-division home favorites of uh, 14 or less points who scored 38 or more points in each of their last two games. That applies to the Jaguars. They've gone a perfect 0-6 over-under in the last four years. And not only that, NFL home teams who scored 51 or more points against a division foe the previous week, like the Jaguars did against the Colts, have gone 0-5 over-under when the over-under line is 50 or less points. Of course, Atlanta, as I just mentioned, they're off that road shutout loss, 1-7 last four years, including 0-4 over-under on the road for non-division teams off a road shutout loss. Don't forget again, the AFC-NFC unders have been like money in the bank this season. And in fact, uh, since late September, AFC favorites of less than a touchdown have gone 1-9 against any NFC opponent. Love the value. Falcons and Jaguars under the total. Victor likes the total and the value in the Falcons-Jaguars football game as he goes under the total. And I want to encourage your listeners out there to download your copy of the totals tip sheet this week. And you'll really enjoy Victor's college football bowl first impressions, that addition that he added into this week's college football total, or I should say the NFL totals tip sheet. You can pick up those college football first impressions inside this week's edition. Before I get to my complimentary play on the show this week, once again, I want to remind our listeners out there that it's holiday season at mybookie.ag, where you can pick up a 100% sign-up bonus when you open up your account today at mybookie.ag. Simply log on to the website at mybookie.ag 
get your 100% sign-up bonus or give them a call toll-free. The number is 1-855-612-BETS. That's 1-855-612-2387 to get your 100% sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. Speaking about big weekends here, another $99 football weekend. The winners is on tap for my award-winning late phone football service this weekend. We swept the board going a perfect 3-0 on our weekend of winners last weekend. It'll feature my NFL Perfect System Club Play of the Year. To take advantage, get on board now. Log on to the website at playbook.com or call me toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. And if you do log on to the website, be sure to get your copy of that College Football Bowl Stat Report. Victor mentioned how well we did last year. 29-12 and on all winning sides in the bowl games last year, including a perfect 3-0 and on our best bet selections. My complimentary play on the football card this week, we're going to go inside the National Football League and look at the Buffalo Bills when they take on the Washington Redskins this Sunday. It's a little bit of a play against Washington and both a play on the Buffalo Bills. Take a look here in this contest here. The Washington comes in 0-6 straight up and against the spread in the series. Buffalo has owned this football team here. There's no question about that. And when they're facing non-division opponents, away off and away game, Buffalo 8-1 to the spread. Their number two ranked rushing offense goes fits like a glove into Washington's 24th ranked rushing defense. I see a letdown by the Redskins, and I see the Bills making a surge here behind Rex Ryan, who closes very, very well in the month of December throughout his National Football League career. At Pick'em, I'll pick the Buffalo Bills over the Washington Redskins for my complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I'm going to thank our co-host, Victor King, from King Creole Sports. Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com. And our good friend, Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week when we do our college football bullocks extravaganza part two, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always. Good luck as always.